What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures uh, modestly green here as the market absorbs a morning of soft eco data. PPI down five tenths is a miss. Retail sales down one one, more than double the estimate. Yields backing off across the curve two-year near 412. Our roadmap begins with easing recession fears in Davos anyway, as hopes rise for a soft landing. But BOJ holds rates steady and a bunch of economic data crushing the tape today. Plus mounting tech layoffs, Microsoft reportedly considering cutting what might be as much as 5% of its workforce. And shows of Moderna, they are rallying ahead of the open. The company reporting positive results for its RSV vaccine. Let's begin with the markets as the Nasdaq tries to extend its daily win streak to eight now. Jim, uh, we mentioned the data and we'll get a little bit more in a few minutes with industrial production. Look, I think that we're getting exactly what we were looking for, different from what the bears were looking for. Uh, You're getting softer data, but not so soft that you're going to begin to believe that things are, uh, are cratering. You do have mortgage rates falling to lowest levels since September. I don't even know if J-Pal wants that, but the bonds... Uh, interest rates are going lower. You, David, what I see happening is kind of quintessential soft landing. And uh, uh, it, that plane has been very difficult. But right now, the plane looks like it's got the runway in sights. You see this note from uh, Sky Kalanovic at JP Morgan, not saying we're getting towards the end of this rally? Well, look, I mean, it's so many days. This wind streak, by the way, is matched by one from November 21. Does anybody remember what happened November 21? Well, um, that's I, when the NASDAQ had a win streak and then the pivot began where the Fed changed its view. So, I mean, I'm trying to figure out whether we should be kind of like uh, O'Hara-like, who often had these stories where, you know, begins and then ends with the same thing. I mean, so you begin with a very long streak, then you go through this incredible time that's bad, and then you end up with like, wow, uh, we bookend, or is that just too cute? Not an easy thing to figure out. No. No. I mean, I certainly remember that the worst time in the world to buy the NASDAQ was after the last seven-day streak. And I think it's so funny because right then we were beginning to think, you know what, let's think more secular than cyclical. Let's think about what's what could happen. And so today we have, well, what could happen is please give me a speech we're down by seven during the halftime. And this, you know, CGP comes out and says, last time we were like this, it was 1963. I mean, uh, yes. Okay, really cool. It's a parlor game. Maybe one day it'll be transferred to industrial. I'm talking about CGP. One day it You're could be You're talking about what? Chat yeah, GPT? Okay. You know, what do you yet. call it? CGPT? Well, I give it their, I actually talk about <laughs> like the technical term. But Carl, I absolutely love technical anything. Term. Like, it's like when I was at NVIDIA, and I said, yeah, look, I want to paint like Matisse. Jensen Moses says, oh, well, then go ahead. It can be done. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, now I can have a speech, a rah-rah speech during hand. You know, I, I could say I want a speech like Doug Peterson. We're down 27 to nothing. We have him just where we want him. 
Will you ask a chat GPT what happens if the debt limit is not raised and will it actually impact the markets and what will a what default look if like? The debt limit is not raised and what should I say between <laughs> Carl and David? You come back in commercial. Oh, here it is. It looks like that we can keep it till June because Janet Yellen has figured out ways to do it. So, David, perhaps we're over. You know, we're, maybe we're, so we're no, we're OK we're until June. Not we should not At be least. as worried as others. Just wait. In two For years, the record, he's asking Siri. Nah, yeah, but in two years, he'll be asking Chad GPT. We won't have guests. Well, we don't need people. Yeah. But by the way, you could have me saying, you know what? I think that the Chinese are our best friends. And what we ought to do is just lay down our arms and become, give them Taiwan. And you know what? All is forgiven. And then I find out that I said that on air, but it wasn't me. Do You don't think that could happen? Oh, that will begin to happen. Yes. Are you concerned? Or should be, or is that the kind of thing where we should be worried long after we make the change and become uh, digitized? Avatars or whatever we, yeah, of our own well, I mean, own look, I remember when I was with Zuckerberg in the, in deep the metaverse. Deep fakes, so we're going to be deep fakes? Are we fakes? No, will we be, will there be deep fakes of us? Yeah. No, Microsoft might miss the quarter. <laughs> well, to Jim's broader point about uh, sentiment shifting here, uh, maybe embracing the possibility of a soft landing, certainly something that Larry Summers is saying today, and David Solomon of uh, Goldman Sachs reflecting some of the mood in Davos. Here's what he said on Squawk today. I think the sentiment is softening a little bit, and the view that the chance of a softer landing, um, both in the U.S. and Europe, is actually increasing. Our economists, you know, our economics team has been pretty soft landing over the last six months. I was more in a position because I was talking to CEOs who have been more cautious that I was more uncertain. But I see CEOs softening a little bit. Interesting, because we've had a lot of discussions about the difference between Solomon's view and the House view at Goldman. Yes. Yes. It's so funny you mentioned that, because Bank of America, we all, we lit Brian Moynihan was on TV. Brian Moynihan gave us a speech. We had the conference call, and it looked like the, the consumer not to worry. And then on Monday, Brian, a recession. Yeah, Brian Moynihan changed his, his tune well, a bit. But, but he, he, he said he, mild recession, he, and then he gave all these reasons why it wasn't going to be that bad. Right. But he did say mild recession, whereas Solomon here is going the other way in, in part because he had, to, to Carl's point, a different view than the economists at uh, and Jan Hatzius, for example, in terms of the likelihood of a recession. He thought it was at least 50%. I think he even thought as well based on his conversations with many CEOs, that it could be deeper. And he does seem to be backing off of that view of it. Well, let me follow up on that. So in other words, a CEO can look at all of his book of business and feel very positive and then deal with an analyst who's maybe not as in touch with what the customer base is doing, but is more in touch with what the world's doing and and temper his positive outlook. No, I, uh, my sense is that Solomon is taking his view from the many conversations he has with Goldman's clients. Right. Typically, and, and Davos. the senior executives of various companies. And that very recently, perhaps, he's gotten a bit of a better view. Right. I mean, not, not that things are not still not going to be uh, a potentially mild recession, but better than he was hearing, let's call it a month ago. Right. I mean, my friend Carmen DeCibio, and Carmen knows, Carmen knows more about many businesses than all of us, runs EY. Uh, said, look, I got here and people are much more optimistic. Now, I was with Karma watching the, the uh, Giants win. Now, he was optimistic, and of course, because the Giants win. But he t- expected that Davos would not produce optimism. I didn't think there would be much optimism at Davos. I thought Davos would be like, okay, so Ukraine, uh, inflation, 
Uh, but is that optimism? I mean, Moynihan sort of seemed to get more pessimistic. And I mean, it's only Solomon who's, who was pessimistic, who seems a little well, less. I, I'm, I'm I don't saying, want to put words. I'm saying Car- Carmine DeCibio joined Solomon. OK, I'm sorry. Right. From earlier as well. Yep. Whereas Bank of America, I think that, that Brian Moynihan may have been more positive. I don't want to confuse viewer at home. I think the takeaway is, holy cow, people are all over the place. <laughs> some wild recession, some are very optimistic, and then you look at the at, 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 at what United Airlines is saying and Kirby, and it's like it's going to be the best. The ramp is big, and then you look at J.B. Hunt today, the fourth largest trucker, and they're like, "Oh my God, we're missing on every line." And so this is this crazy world, which I come back and say, this is the inflection point where you have a lot of companies beginning to miss. But we don't mind because that miss is going to translate into something good in, at the end of this year because uh, Jay Powell's listening to all this and saying, you know what, it's starting to work for me. I look at my retail sales and they're a little bit weaker and final demand a little bit weaker and PPI a little bit weaker. So this is what I expected. Uh, I've always put more faith in Jay Powell than everyone else uh, to the point where uh, my wife is listening to me and says, hey, listen, like the like the, the man love thing, like cut it out. I said, no, I think Jay's doing a great job. These numbers today and the outlook from Davos confirm so far that the plane is, is, is the runway's looking good and you don't have to foam it. You ever been on a foam runway? Thankfully, no. Holy cow. I mean, you start thinking, you know, it, that's not like uh, bathwater with the, you know, with the bubbles. You've told but us anyway, before when you were on that I, plane I, the, and yeah, the wheels didn't come the down. The wheels wouldn't open. Yeah. You bounce four times and then it ends and nobody talks about it because you're not supposed to. Uh, but I think that uh, this is not feeling like a, this is not feeling like a foam drum. You think this, uh, this one actually has wheels? Yes. I mean, look, there's, I mean, we always think it's either crash or easy. No, there's crash, there's foam runway and bounce. And there's like, okay, All nice right, trip. Well, and we're getting closer to okay, nice if, trip. If he can engineer a soft landing, then your faith in him will have been rewarded. Well, I'm, I'm out there with him. Uh, I don't mind. A uh, big piece of that could be China. I don't know if you saw Katie Huberty's chart work today, but they still are arguing that the market is not appreciating uh, the reopening. They say it could be on par with 08 or 09. Investors still inefficiently exposed. They see China GDP at 5.7, streets at 4.7. I am so glad you mentioned that because she made three points that were interesting. The China raised GDP, U.S. equities likely to disappoint. That's a bit of a bummer, mm-hmm. but people don't like them. Luxury goods very strong. There's China again, and banks nobody likes them. It, uh, now I don't want to, I don't want to present everyone with a, a con, with a difficult view, but her view that China is going to be strong is simply the total outlier view. Uh, and yet she's Katie Huberty, formerly covered Apple, totally right. So she forces you to uh, rethink. And I think on the fly, I know I'm rethinking. I mean, I, I, mean, I was well, like frantic this morning. What about oil but prices? Even, it, I mean, you had the IEA raise their, uh, two, by 200,000 barrels, their, uh, their estimates for demand. Did, did you listen and to that's that, China. You listen to an excellent A day, panel that Andrew Ross Sorkin had with the uh, Indian, Indian minister who was saying, yeah, we need, we're using Russian oil. No, we're not using Russian oil. We're using Russian oil. I mean, the oil picture's muddled. But I think muddled is the answer. I mean, we all want to discern and say, this is what it is. No, it's this curious amalgam of good and bad and more demand, less demand. I mean, you know, you listen to the oil demand for next year, it's going to be better than this year. But do we, what does that say about Chevron? 
you know, we, we live in dual worlds. Uh, our hedge fund uh, All right, people but if oil demand is 101, 102 million barrels a well, day, then, that's, you know. Well, then you go buy, yeah, go buy e EOG. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to translate the data, macro data, into what people want to know, which is, do you sell Microsoft or buy? <laughs> Good segue today because we are watching uh, Mr. Softy. Company reportedly set to announce layoffs as early as today. According to Sky News, companies contemplating cutting about 5%, which would amount to roughly 11,000 jobs. Uh, earlier this month on CNBC TV 18 India, uh, Satya Nadella said he does see challenging times ahead for tech. I would say the next two years are probably going to be the most challenging uh, because after all, we did have you know, a lot of acceleration uh, during the pandemic and there is some amount of normalization of that demand. Uh, and on top of it, there is a real recession in par large parts of the world. And so the combination of pull forward and recession means we will have to adjust uh, and that will cycle through the demand cycle and in fact, come out of it with what can be another massive uh, growth cycle for the tech industry. Uh, they have been eliminating some open positions and pausing some hiring, Jim. Uh, we'll right. see if we get this today. I do believe that, yeah, I'm waiting for that. But the NASDAQ, that, that is from January 4th. And that's the day the NASDAQ rally began. And I think that one of the reasons why, I mean, that's very little contrary, but there were many shorts being built into that period. And uh, I think the shorts got their event, which was uh, Sadia, no one really saw that interview coming but that it was time to sell, and they've had their heads handed because the market's been up in a straight line since that Nadella speech. Yeah, yeah. That um, but layoffs continue as well, though, at many of these companies. Again, this is a 5% here. Salesforce is a, what, 10% number? Yes. Um, Amazon is, a, a, I mean, percentage-wise, small uh, number of jobs-wise, still large at Amazon, given the enormous uh, workforce they have. Um, Meta started it all off with a fairly significant double-digit potential decrease in their employee population. Are we, to your, back to your points about soft landing, Jim, are we sort of one and done with this run of layoffs? We have to have some serious bankruptcies. Uh, I don't know if you consider Party, party cities, cities not, store, not a, yeah. 50 stores. Yeah. Uh, Bed Bath has been holding, been holding up. And people thought that would be one. But you need, you need job loss. You need bankruptcies. You need uh, the kind of thing you saw from Goldman Sachs and uh, loans. Uh, quite shocking that Goldman Sachs should not get, do not give Goldman Sachs a free pass. Their credit checks and small loans were abysmal. Uh, Against that, you have Gorman, who took away the risk over at Morgan Stanley. But you need to see these negatives happen. And the negatives are very jarring because it's like, well, wait a second. Uh, I, Microsoft, you're two years negative. Wow, that's it plays into the soft landing theory. And then people like it when they do the layoffs because it shows discipline. But is this, well, I mean, you don't know. We don't know. But is the expectation that they will complete these rounds and that will be it? I think the expectation is that they'll complete these rounds and at that point artificial intelligence will begin to get kick things in. I disagree with that entirely. Yeah. I think that they have to see some pickup. Now, there was a there are some stories about Morgan Stanley, for instance, sees uh, in a piece where they recommended Seagate, but downgrade IBM. Uh, yep. uh, they talked about early signs that the uh, the the 
the technology trigger pullers at companies, budget stabilizing. Uh, I cannot get that from anyone else, frantically trying to get that from anyone else. Uh, but they do see that the cheap investment off. Meanwhile, it's a year since Microsoft buy. announced that deal to acquire Activision. Obviously, still trying to, uh, to get uh, regulatory approval. Possibility, of course, here in the States is that it'll have to go to court to do that, facing off against the FTC, which is opposing the deal. Um, and uh, the main event here, though, is in the UK. And there's not a lot of uh, transparency there at all in terms of what the CMA, the regulatory, antitrust regulatory body in the UK, is going to choose to do here. Uh, we are expecting to hear something fairly soon. It's a, uh, it's a panel. Uh, four, uh, it's a four-person panel. Where's my notes? Oh. By the way, uh, David, while you look for it, we do yeah. have uh, Nadella's blog post oh. uh, already out, and they are eliminating 10,000 jobs. 10,000 jobs uh, through the end of fiscal 23. Less than five percent of the into- uh, the total employee base. Uh, 1.2 billion dollar charge uh, related to the severance costs and other changes, Jim. Uh, on a day where we got much smaller moves at companies like uh, Teladoc and Unity Software yesterday. Well, look, right now we're, we're rejoicing in the tape, the pre-market tape. Uh, I'm not so sure that's going to be the case when we sit back and say, well, we're about to get reporting. Now, obviously, how is Microsoft going to have an upside surprise if they're laying off all these people? Uh, it's unlikely, one would think, but the market reacts usually positively towards companies trying to show some discipline on cost. Yes, they do. And then what happens after a couple days is that they peak out because we like cost discipline, but we also like upside surprises. We like cost discipline now. Then when we see the quarter, I don't know if we're going to love it. So, you know, when the cat's away, the mice are playing. We're in a mice play moment. And I fear that these layoffs are coming because when you see the numbers, they're going to be disappointed. And so today, on this eighth day of possible NASDAQ, I caution people that one day we're going to wake up and say, wait a second, you're telling me all these companies are laying off people and we should still like the stocks going into earnings? That historically has not been the right thing to do. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, the technicians watching percentage of S&P names above the 20-day, the VIX below 19. You think we peter out here, it sounds like. I just, I lose my enthusiasm for companies uh, after a while because they're laying off people. Uh, and instead, I start thinking about, I want more United Airlines kinds of numbers. Uh, but look, I, I, the soft landing, that's a soft landing number. That's a soft landing number. The retail sales were soft landing numbers. It's just that do I want to be in the stock that's part of the soft landing discussion, or do I want to be in the stock that's part of the Inflation Reduction Act where they're getting a big handout from the government? And I think for the moment, I'd rather be in, uh, after a nice run off the bottom, I would prefer to be in the stocks that are going to have upside surprises. Mm-hmm. Now, you're reading this document. Does this document tell you I want to buy Microsoft? Well, uh, Mr. Nadella does say this is the context, that is, these layoffs in which a company must strive to deliver results on an ongoing basis while investing in a long-term opportunity, aligning their cost structure with their revenue and where we see customer demand. And so, again, those 10,000 jobs, less than 5% of their workforce by the, uh, by the end of the third quarter of fiscal year 23. Um, important to note, he says, while eliminating roles in some areas, we'll continue to hire in key strategic areas. We know this is a challenging time for everyone impacted. Um, 
and then goes on from there. So, Jim, you, you know, read what you want into that. Look, I, I think it, it's too early to tell. Uh, I don't like to come on top of a, of a, now, it, a seven-day rally that, that begun right at the time that, that Nadella said we got two years of pain, and now we finally get the layoffs. I would prefer to buy companies that don't need to lay off people because business is good, uh, and yet these other companies allow the Fed the, the room to not have to raise. So, who does that fit? Well, oddly, it's JP Morgan, it's Bank of America, it's Morgan Stanley. They reported very good numbers. I like those numbers more you than I that, like. You what? see that uh, Microsoft will have a $1.2 billion oh, charge as a result oh, of severance. Oh, well, great. Okay. We'll I'm get Kramer's saying, Matt I Dash. Want to be skeptical. And countdown to the opening bell in a moment. Obviously, watching that. By the way, while we're talking, industrial production was a miss. Uh, yields fall. Uh, Ten-year now below 3.4. And the two-year below 4.09. Back wow. in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt. Or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, about seven minutes before we get to an opening bell here at the uh, New York Stock Exchange. Let's get our mad dash in. IBM. Early on, if you were looking at the crawl, the tape underneath our show at 5 o'clock, we saw IBM down very big. You said to yourself, wait a second, IBM has been one of the very big winners since the year began, certainly since the November rally, because it's almost been viewed as a kind of a cyclical name. Well, here we go. Morgan Stanley pulls the plug. They go buy to hold. They say it's too late, that, that you just don't want to be in it anymore, that um, they say it's, it's, it's just that it's run its course. It re-rated to peak levels, so buy to, buy to hold. Their top pick is, is Apple. So here's a con- this is about as contrary as Morgan Stanley as anything I've seen, as IBM has been the place to hide. But what they're saying is stop hiding, start buying, be more aggressive, early cycle coming. This is another theme that we're seeing, David, which is that you can see through the valley of the shadow of bad earnings and start buying. And I like it. But, but not, not, not for IBM, they're saying that. Morgan Stanley downgrades yeah, today. Yeah, well, I'm saying that this is defense. They don't want you to play defense anymore. And then my problem with that is, like, suddenly, I, I, look, I think we're all in the midst of the, of the transition. I, I just, I don't see anything wrong with IBM. They, they're talking about whether they'll need to do a big acquisition or not. Um, I say, well, wait a second. That's not, this stock says they're winning. Mm-hmm. But Although I there do, are a lot of questions. I mean, we'll see what exactly. fourth quarter numbers look like in terms of free cash flow. 
conversion? Yes. Well, I just I find these kinds of calls interesting because you, you're downgrading winners. I think Apple, you know, is owned. Don't don't trade it. But this was the horse that was working. As is Oracle, by the way. I mean, these are the ones that are defensive and very inexpensive. And uh, Apple's not expensive, but boy, if they want us to go to these enterprise software stocks, they're selling in 30, 40, 50 times earnings. I don't think their time has come yet. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, we'll see. It doesn't look like too much damage from that downgrade from Morgan Stanley. All right, we got an opening bell just a few minutes away. And don't forget, of course, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. The street is having a hard time catching up with the momentum that's happening, and not just at United, but in aviation in general. And, and it goes back to just the fundamentals of supply and demand are so strong. Like, we're building into our forecast at least a slowing economy and probably a mild recession in our numbers. And we think that gets us to 20, 10 to $12 a share this year, which is a pretty amazing place to be, back to you know where we were pre-pandemic, even in a weakening economy. That's United's uh, Scott Kirby talking on Fast Money yesterday about the quarterly beat and the guidance. Jim, I don't know if you've seen the ski season metrics out of Vail today. Uh, ski school revenue up 35, dining up 58. Wow. <laughs> We're doing this series on Mad Money. It's called Life is Too Short. And people are doing things about where they're just saying, you know what? Life is too short. I'm getting on a United plane. I'm going to some place I've never been. And I'm I'm done playing Call of Duty. I am going to see the world. And it is, David, the operative thesis I'm, I'm, I'm using. All right. Life's too short. Now, does it, is life too short per share? No. But life's too short in the sense of, I got to go out and see someplace I've never been. How does Vail get that kind of number? I think that's because people just say, hey, let's go skiing. No, it's they want to, they, they realize that life is passing them by. I'm going to leave the set right now, <laughs> if you don't mind, because uh, my this? window see, is, is shrinking my... quickly as well. I and that's not saying anything for you. Sometimes you got to be a little more fictional and novelistic. I mean, we see that. We know. Shakespeare talks about life being too short. Well, I'm talking about life being too short. I'm going to there. <laughs> let's, let's get the opening bell here in the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board today, uh, Vitesse Energy celebrating its spinoff from Jeffries Financial. And at the NASDAQ, it is shuttle pharmaceuticals focused on cancer patients treated with radiation therapy. Speaking of... Uh, Medical services, Moderna, pretty interesting today. Comments out of Bansell. I think a lot of people uh, know about this disease, the BRS, and, or have had it, uh, and recognize that once again, Moderna, which, by the way, came up with the first uh, vaccine with one, uh, one person vaccine in the in the month of February uh, when the when the pandemic started, and that means once again that Stefan Bensel is just, he's got a remarkable company that sells at such a low multiple as if their whole thesis is done. Just the opposite. They're doing personal everything. Look at that RSB, 84% effect. Do you think you have to take that? 
get me to get me to Walgreens. Uh, get me to CVS. RSV has been very serious. I mean, obviously more so for younger, for infants and, and the like, but uh, but not unimportant for adults. And they had the 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 cancer vaccine possibility, right? Which we heard from Merck. Well, it's hard, uh, and it's hard uh, to Moderna believe. a few weeks back. But if you want, I mean, yes, we can get, okay, this is up by 30. It? What do we do? How do we play defense? I mean, that, that's the parlor game. The non-parlor game is what this man is doing. I mean, I remember this man, Stefan Patel, when, when I first met him, you know, I mentioned before, he said, I could have a vaccine for anything. And I'm like, oh, really nice to meet you. That's just terrific. You're a little company. You've got no revenues. I think that when you think at home, about what you can see and invest in. It's a man like Bansell who then like proves it. By the way, Dr. Borla, in an excellent interview by, by Sarah Eisen this morning, is basically saying we can do it too. So if you want to do it the safe way with the dividend, go with Pfizer. But if you went the pioneer way, go with Moderna. Interesting. Also said they're in active discussions with China about supplying either the vaccine or other products. And we did get comments from uh, Xi and the premier over there saying that the economy is going to recover faster because of their pivot. Well, uh, Pfizer said in answer to Dr. Borla said in answer to Sarah's questions, like kind of, hey, you know what? Teach his own. Uh, countries are doing what they want. But I think Borla seems to be making more progress. Now, I know. That, that the Chinese have reverse-engineered mRNA, and I don't understand reverse what Pfizer has. I still, I think it's all, we've all been very curious about what they're up to. Uh, I don't think we know. We do know that there were constructive talks with Yellen that I did not expect, with Lou and Yellen. I mean, wow, think about where we were three months ago when we were doing, or six months ago, doing flyovers in Taiwan. Now suddenly we're talking again? Frank David, discussion, as, we, as we're yeah, told. Frank discussion. Frank discussion is better than no discussion, right? I don't know. Yeah. Everybody wants to see us going to war, uh, not war, but the, sees the Chinese making a move on Taiwan in the next year or two. You hear that all the time. But, but what do you think about the fact that maybe the United States finally hit them with something that they care about? No well, idea if it's not true. Not tariffs for furniture, but semiconductors that they need to be able to make naval vehicles. Naval attack, right? You know, where you like land on sh- on shore, Taiwan. That you know, maybe you don't have the the technology. I mean, one of the things that that the government has been saying to Aerovironment is, if they catch one of their drones, maybe the Russians will reproduce it. By the way, I think that's complete nonsense. You can't reproduce it because you're not you don't have the, you don't have the chips. And, and we have four thousand mis- uh, drones that are ready for Ukraine. So I still don't understand what we're doing with weaponry, but I know that we can protect Taiwan. Uh, speaking of uh, semi-cap, uh, semiconductor uh, capital equipment, uh, AMAT, today Stiefel goes back to buy, 132. I did see um, both on Qualcomm and Intel City with a Catalyst watch. I don't know if you're feeling better about some of these. You know, Samsung reportedly now, Jim, Digitime said they may be finally cutting back some of their production. Look, I think that what people do with these stocks, just so people know, we're talking about applied materials, talking about ASMLF, talking about uh, CLAC, KLA, and, and, and we're talking about LAM, is they buy them in anticipation that finally the inventories will have gone down so low that people, these major companies, will start buying. That is simply not happening. So these, that's a hope uh, early read trying to gun jump ahead of a really bad quarter. And I prefer to see the quarter before I make that move. I mean, you can't have Micron saying, listen, we just cut back big and we're going to keep cutting back. 
Uh, and, and you can't buy until you see the whites of their eyes. Now, people, but people always want to be early. I mean, you know, David, the big institutions can't wait. Micron's downgrade. Micron has cut numbers three times. So look at it. Stock's down a lot. Yeah. I, I, I come back to let's not be so optimistic that we buy, buy, buy. Um, a couple of names, guys, that I wanted to come back after yesterday's performance, starting with Goldman Sachs, of course. Yes. We heard from David Solomon on Squawk Box earlier. He did address, of course, what he admits was not a good quarter. My word's not his. He used other ones. Uh, stock's not rebounding at all, of course. It did have a very bad day yesterday after, you know, a, the, a, a miss that was uh, far, far more than many had, uh, even the more negative analysts had anticipated. Uh, and Jim certainly raises questions that he did not answer in this interview about the consumer business and how much it is consuming in terms of of expense right now right. without really contributing much in terms of growth. Uh, he obviously makes the point, listen, it's only 3% of our business. People focus so much on it. But it's not clear to me that that's the right argument, or at least that's the way that some investors are seeing it right now. What are your thoughts? Goldman Sachs is historically goes after elephants, the largest, wealthiest people. And they make fortunes from that. They, this was not a pivot, but they went into a business that they didn't know, consumer lend. The charge-offs here were hideous. It's almost as if they didn't know what they were doing in this business and they're pulling out. He, he cited execution to a certain extent. He did not go into any detail. No, but I think it's a pretty easy read to say, wait a second, uh, that's not their business. Get out yeah. of it. Get out. Yeah. You, it doesn't appear that they're backing off from it, seeing it as a part of this company, though. But some of it At is, least if I, you know, I listen closely to Mr. Solomon's comments but, but, during but the some, interview. But some of it, they do say, listen, we have to get out, you know, we're, we're moving out of this business. Uh, and by the way, just so you know, I mean, they, they had a provision for credit losses of $972 million. Um, I'm sorry, I'm firing everyone who's involved with that. Fire on the firm. Everyone. Everyone who touched that, I'm firing. Because this is Goldman Sachs. You do it out $972 million credit loss. is Goldman Sachs, for heaven's sake. That's not what they do. They don't have that kind of risk. You've been very positive in the past, though, on the, on the Apple card and the prospects for that. Are you less so now? I want to hear from Apple. I'd like to hear about what Apple's side is. I mean, they're, they're getting, yes, I mean, maybe the Apple cash is going to be at Goldman, but did... How did they get this risk? They weren't clear. How did they? How did the retail portfolio uh, have net charge-offs the, and a worsening of our baseline scenario? We're seeing early signs of credit deterioration. Well, you know, it's, now Goldman, admittedly, six days ago was at the same price, so it's not like it's a, it's yeah, no, calamity. Exactly, it's still up for the year, by the way, right. and it had a far better year as a stock than many of the other financials, not to mention the S and P. Uh, just, it was basically almost flat, as I recall, as we ended last well, year. Well, David, you couldn't have liked their expenses, and you couldn't have liked how they raised the, 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 the compensation at the end of the year for some people. No. But I just, look, I want Goldman to be clean. I don't want Goldman to have credit risk. Because when I was at Goldman, if you, had, if you risked credit and were wrong, well, good luck. You'll be working at um, Schwab very soon. <laughs> Well, some of the price target cuts today, I noticed Wells, uh, Mike Mayo, trims it only by about 10 bucks. Right. Well, I mean, it's still, if you think that the IPO market is going to be as bad as it was last year, uh, you know, the yeah. M&A market, that's your world. 
Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, guys, I wanted to also come back to Emerson. We spent time in it yesterday. That yeah. stock was down a lot yesterday, Jim. Emerson, of course, um, unveiling that hostile bid for uh, National Instrument. Stock got hit. Uh, it was down almost seven plus percent. Yes. You know, the, I think it's a cash deal, so this is not a function of risk arb setting it up. Remember, they bid fifty three for uh, NATI. It, it more is the uh, I think goes to the idea that shareholders saying, well, is this going to be prolonged? Is it going to be a distraction? You know, where is it going to end up in price? As I reported. Uh, yesterday, people close to Emerson said, listen, we're not going to ha- end up with something with a six in front of it. We'll see. But, Jim, it was surprising, perhaps, the negative reaction from shareholders. I was heart sick about it. My travel trust owns it. I hate hostile. think too much of air products, Praxair. I know that the company believes that this can be done in a couple months, but that maybe that the board will come to its senses. Uh, I think there was a de- close to a deal. I think they were almost going to be done. Uh, this is the type of thing that derails, uh, to me, uh, a larger plan uh, that involved reinventing Emerson, getting rid of Incinerator, and going into this. Right. But David, you know, when you, as you well know, when you go against the CEO of a company, of a company that would be a great fit, that doesn't necessarily mean that the CEO, CEO could be wrong of National Instruments. And, and, and maybe they'll walk away. But well, the they are, they, they've started a process. Yeah, they started uh, a process. And, and I mean, Emerson has come with all guns blazing. It's not often that we see a company buy 2.3 million shares, file Hart Scott, um, bring up the prospect of going after two members of the board, which may include the chairman, because I believe he's up uh, at NATI. So uh, no backing off here at all. Um, you can see National Instruments trading below the $53. Expectations are you are going to end up higher. One key question, of course, continues to be, will there be anybody else? But we'll see. But I think the most notable action yesterday was in Emerson stock price, which is why I mentioned it. No, I, I, um, I'm, you know, I'm beside myself because the Emerson story was terrific. I right, well, it is completely <laughs> over. I mean, you're no, acting with just a 7% on. move down. All right, so you have a, a stock that's 7% move down, and you've recommended it, and you own it for your charitable trust. You do not say, hey, man, terrific. You say, well, can we find someone who likes us? Now, look, I happen to think that, uh, that Carson Bynes, the CEO, is fantastic. Right. Law, law will figure it out, so to speak. I just don't like it when you go up against a company that doesn't want to be sold. Yeah. It does, maybe, David, you can tell me that's part of the, that's, that's the beginning of a process. I look at it and say, you know what? I'd rather buy J.B. Hunt. Okay. Which misses on every single number and is up $8.71. Yeah. I wonder if they're looking at some of the commentary out of freight waves yesterday that freight's actually recovering or stabilizing at least. Well, I mean, you've got a better than fear number. Uh, we're back to that BTF thing, perhaps, where we look at a company who, where I just cannot believe that the earnings were, you know, revenue missed, earnings missed, and it's up the most. Yeah, and you know you're not dealing with a small company, fourth largest. You know you got, you have uh, UPS, you have FedEx, you have XPO, and then you have JB Hunt, and this JB Hunt is extraordinary. This thing is the leader today, and when you read the quarter in a vacuum, it's like wow, they're going to get crushed. So we're in that better than feared moment, David, where we're like saying, okay, well, JP Morgan's a lot better than feared. Um, 
Sure. Guys, we mentioned, of course, the Microsoft layoffs a number of times, the $1.2 billion charge. Those layoffs expected to be completed by the end of the third quarter of the fiscal year, uh, fiscal year 23. Uh, I started a, a, a brief comment about uh, it's been a year since they announced the Activision deal. Um, and there's still a lot of focus on whether Microsoft is going to be successful, of course, in getting that done. We've talked a lot here in the United States about the FTC's opposition and where that will end up and when, of course, because this deal could expire as of June and the FTC process could go beyond that. So you're going to need to have that extended. But right now, the focus is in the UK and the CMA, the regulatory body there, and a four-person panel led by a gentleman named Martin Coleman that we're expected to hear from fairly soon. We're not getting much of anything. On this one, it's sort of that old line from Goldman. Nobody knows anything. Uh, William Goldman, in this case, nobody knows anything when it comes to the CMA um, and what they're going to do. Um, you're going to get, first, you're going to get a, uh, a provisional finding very quickly followed by something called a notice of remedies. And the question, guys, will simply be, what does that look like? Is it going to be insurmountable? Because the ability to really appeal there, if it's something that notice of remedies is just too much for you to bear, very, very difficult. Uh, or is it going to be something that Microsoft can deal with easily? We just don't know. That's where the action is when it comes to this. And that is continues to be why this stock trades $20 below the $95 a share all-cash deal that was announced exactly a year ago. Well, I'm totally mystified here because... Aren't there divisions, games, whatever, that overlap that they can just say, you know what, we'll start yes. a new company and yes. Bobby Kotick will do it and we're fine. I mean, David, there's a remedy here. This is not, we're not talking about Northrop Grumman merging with General Dynamics. No, and they and they continue to say it's a very small part of their own business. They, it's a, it, it, The market share components of it are not large. Sony, of course, has been a, a very vocal uh, opponent, not agreeing to any deals in terms of allowing uh, you know, very long periods under which they would have access for their platform, for the PlayStation platform, to various games. But you're right, Jim. Um, that said, uh, we will await the CMA, and then we can talk about the EU, and then at some point the FTC as well. But right now it's the CMA, and again, it's very hard to discern what their uh, what their opinions going to end up uh, being. Between the Justice Department's insistence to Simon and Schuster and Random House not merge because of what it could do to writers in which Stephen King testified. And this, I say, don't you have better things to do? <laughs> Meanwhile, Jim, uh, getting some Fed speak today, Bullard's on the tape already now saying that the prospects for a soft landing have improved markedly. Yes! Um, We'll get Lori uh, uh, Logan later today and then Brainerd tomorrow. That's the one that people are really watching mm -hmm. to see if she ratifies some of that. But coming from Bullard, who uh, at least that. to date has been a pretty stubborn hawk. Oh, this is good news. And Bullard, remember, the St. Louis Fed does the best, most rigorous work. And I've often felt that, that Bullard, post the 2015-16 period where he was caught, where he was not as concerned uh, as I was about what was going to happen, where we were disagreeing. Ever yeah, since you were then. feuding with Bullard, weren't you, back then? Well, I mean, Bullard had a full head of hair and I had nothing. And that was really about the issue. Okay. It was okay. just about yeah. that. Yeah. Got it. Right. I, I think that Bullard is probably, again, I, I think he's the guy. And I felt that way now for seven years. He does incredible work. And I'm glad to hear him say this because the last thing I was, I was, you know, I, I thought he was doing with a six hand, you know, six fed fund. Six fed fund, David, you and I are like saying, okay, which one of us is not staying? 
because we got to cut squawking the streets to two people. <laughs> Easy there. Um, I mean, you do have mortgage rates now at six, 620, lowest in September, as you mentioned, Jim. Um, is that why names like Home Depot are leading the Dow? I think so. I mean, look, you can't have happy dancer here again, but you do have uh, you have weaker demand across the board, retail sales, weaker demand. So what people are anticipating, again, they're, they're seeing this valley. Remember, big institutions cannot wait until we get to where, to the promised land. They have to anticipate the promised land. They're kind of like Moses versus Aaron. Right there? I did. Remember Moses, Moses never made, there, made it there, but Aaron did. You sound like Edward G. Robinson when you do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to give it to you today. Got to wait. No, wait I mean, a couple of months. Look, a big institution could say J.B. Hunt is bad, so let's buy J.B. Hunt. Home Depot is bad, so let's buy Home Depot. KLA is bad, so let's buy. Because they're looking at, well, the Fed might ease up, and this is what you have to own. We can't wait. It's, you know, it's gun jump, but maybe they get away with it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or you can use the qr code on your screen it takes you right there as we go to break as we mentioned uh, bonds you got the two-year pretty much the lowest since october 10-year lowest yield now since september below three four be right back watch tesla today uh continuing its climb now up eight percent almost nine percent for the year to date gets to 136 earlier this morning and that's going to be the highest since december 21st uh, despite the downgrade out of Guggenheim yesterday as they go to sell. Uh, Dow's up 77. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a break. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Apropos of your comments about Vail, uh, we're doing this Life's Too Short, actually really our series. And you look at Ulta Beauty. That's about going out. 52-week high. Dave Kimball doing a great job. People want to go out. They want to be seen. They want to get to, We're back to it's a selfie time. Uh, you couldn't do a selfie while you're uh, playing uh, Grand Theft Auto. And, and it's just an amazing time where people want to put, people want to look better. People want to feel better. People want to go play. People want to experience. But most importantly, people don't want to die having seen nothing. Because life's too short. <laughs> Man, this just got so deep so quick with you and this whole. Well, it's weak club. You know that weak club? No. Hey, you ever eat any sart? A little. Get some sart. I'll try. No, no exit. <laughs> yeah, what get some Camus, not the wine. Not the wine. Camus. Camus. No, I just think look, it's okay to be a little bigger about what you're thinking. I think everybody is doing. It's going out, doing things. It's travel and entertainment. Those are the two strongest part of this economy. T and E. And when you go and you travel, entertain, you got to look your selfie best. Uh, sort of coincides with the downgrade of uh, Levi out of uh, B of A. Yeah. Denim, right? I mean, look you yourself, have enough. Look yourself okay? Yeah. No. No. David, you ever looked at the, the Ulta? Do you have the Ulta part no, of the 35 no. million people? The, I, no, I'm a member I, of the Ulta Club. I, no, I'm not. Oh, well, Why David. would I be a member of the Ulta Club? Because that's what you do. I mean, you ask me these existential questions. You go to Ulta? The Ulta, look at this. This is... This is one of the best sites ever. More of what I want. They know. I, I don't, what are you ordering me. from Ulta? Makeup. Yeah. David, I'm a vain person. <laughs> I can't just go out looking like I do. What are you, out of your mind? <laughs> you'll, you'll put on more tonight for Matt. Right. Better well, I'm, to uh, 
I'm going to live my life. I'm getting on a plane. Where am I headed? That's I don't what know. I'm saying. Yeah. Machu Picchu, David. They, I tried. I Kilimanjaro. tried. I tried Machu Picchu. I want you to change the Sadly, way you lead your Peru life. Sadly, Peru is having none of it. Well, I mean, I'm going fishing off of Panama. Are you really? Yeah, I'm going game fishing. Whoa. You know why? Life's too Life's short. Life's too short. That's what. Jim, we'll see you tonight if you're still here and haven't gone on some enormous vacation. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, uh, more on Microsoft announcing plans to cut these 10,000 jobs. And Morgan Stanley's chief U.S. investment strategist, Mike Wilson, on the road ahead for stocks in a moment. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 